welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so happy to welcome Heather Holberg, Director of Eligibility Enrollment at County Care Health Plan, to talk about how the MCOs are in Illinois are supporting Medicaid redetermination efforts. We all know this is such a big topic, and I'm so glad that Heather is here to help us unpack it. Heather, welcome. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me today. It's really great to be here and be able to discuss the importance of getting the word out on Medicaid redetermination so that we can ensure individuals don't lose their health care coverage. And that's exactly it, right? Like that is why we are talking about Medicaid redetermination every single day. I mean, yes. honestly, every single meeting I feel like, and it's one of the things that I'm hoping to sort of bring to light today is that with the MCOs, like we're not just talking, we are talking, we are trying to understand, we're trying to splice and dice the data and get a sense of what's going on, but we're also acting and we're trying really hard to help our members to ensure the process is as smooth as possible to you know make sure they don't lose coverage. Like this is critical for that for our Medicaid members. And the health plans and the MCOs, they fully recognize they have a role to play here in getting it right. And so can we just sort of start, if you don't mind, by walking our listeners through, you know, what is county care doing to help support their members navigate this this whole redetermination process? Um, and just help our listeners understand um, just how seriously county care is taking this all. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say, so with the uncertainty around when the public health emergency would officially end, we at county care, we had long been planning and preparing for the end of the continuous um, coverage. So we laid out a project plan and our, really our first step back in like late 2022 was to make sure that we did have that good um, demographic information for our members. And we knew that during the pandemic, that likelihood a lot of our members did move during those three years and we did not have good addresses or phone numbers. So we began a campaign that we would outreach to our members um, several different ways, by phone, social media, text messaging, with trying to just verify that we had a good address, a good phone number. And if we didn't, we were encouraging them to use the HFS hotline or their online form so that that information could be updated in real time. So that was really our first step. And then next we took, um, using the HFS and your organization had put together really nice toolkits for us that we used as a resource so that we could develop messaging and outreach materials that would really resonate with our members about the importance of submitting their renewals and understanding what redetermination is so that they could retain their medical benefits. And then along with all this outreach to our members, we're also looking at our providers and our other community partners. So our community organizations, community leaders, we wanted to make sure that they understood exactly what redetermination is and why it is so critical. Um, so during this time, since 
2023, we've been doing trainings and we um, do make them specific or tailor them to each group so that we can educate them on redetermination and how they can really help increase awareness and help our members or anyone receiving Medicaid really know why this is important and what they need to do. Um, in addition, we do have what we call like a multi-pronged um, outreach plan. And for our members, this includes, right now, a lot of our touch points are out in the community. We're hosting redetermination events throughout our coverage area, which is Cook County. And we're looking to see where our members live and who is due so that we can have events where we know we have a lot of members that need to do their renewals and be out there so that they can come meet with us and we'll help them submit their paperwork or answer any questions. Um, and we get our members to or really have awareness about our events by sending them a lot of text messages when they are due, if they live by an event to stop by. We're doing follow-up messaging um, just so that they know that they need to complete their renewal and if they haven't yet, the importance. Um, and then one of the other things that we've really done is we're utilizing the state's aid system to manage my case. So if we're doing any mailings uh, or any flyers, we're using a QR code to so that our members can use their smartphone and just scan it and go right to where they need to go to complete their application. Uh, and then also we do give them a link within all of our text messages. And then further, we do have this within our portal. So County Care member portal, our members can log in, see when they're due for redetermination, and then scan the QR code and go straight there and complete it if they are due. Oh, I love all of it, Heather. I think like what's so, I just want to underscore is how early you guys started thinking about this. And I think this is universal across all of the plans. Once the public health emergency really hit it, you know, that it was a year and, and we were going on beyond a year, we all realized with redeterminations being on pause, understandably, that there was going to be a backlog, that, that unwinding was going to become complicated. Right. And, and you guys just started thinking about it and planning and thinking, okay, well, what are we going to do? What can we do? What do we know we're going to need to do? Because clearly there's stuff that you can't do until you have all of the details. And those details mostly came from the federal government. And timing is very clear. Like that was all determined by the federal government. So we couldn't implement anything yet, but you just knew people have moved. I mean, I know when I look at my holiday card list, I mean, so many people moved and that's such a tiny little snippet of our community, right? When you uh -huh. look at um, all of the members served by county care and served in Medicaid, the amount of movement is just significant. So to just have that foresight to begin that outreach and then to, you know, really try to connect with members in so many different modalities, recognizing that for some people, a text is the right way to go. For some people, you know, a letter, I love the QR code, study after study shows that our, that Medicaid members have access to smartphones. That is how they use the internet. That is how they um, complete tasks. And so they have that access. Those QR codes are critical. Mobile-friendly websites are critical to getting this right. 
the one thing I left out that I think we did that's been really great is at our pharmacy, we're doing an alert. So if a member who is due for redetermination goes to fill a prescription, and we know there's a lot of utilization at the pharmacies, they're getting a message too. So that's just another way that we can um, get to one of our members. And we may not have their address at that time. They may not have gotten our text or a postcard. But if they're filling a prescription, they will get told um, that they are due and how they can go about completing their renewal. Oh, I love that because that's where a lot of people find out they've lost coverage too. Right. right exactly. They go to pick up their prescription. And maybe for some people, you miss a few days of it. I'm trying to think of something, but maybe for some people, it's not critical. You know, like it's sort of a just-in-case medicine they're picking up, or they can figure out what to do for a few days. But if you have diabetes and it's your insulin, and that's how you find out you no longer have health care, or you have a chronic condition other than diabetes that you are managing and you need medication every single day, that is not the way we want members finding out they no longer have healthcare. Um, And and so I love that you are using that resource to sort of encourage action. So I love that. And so that sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're already seeing some successes. I know it's so early, but I want people to sort of understand what all this effort means. And I think the success of that and the success of your efforts is how people sort of understand why you're doing every single thing you're doing. Can you share some of those early successes that you're seeing so far? Yeah, for sure. So when we're doing our outreach, um, if it is either through that pharmacy pop-up alert or we've had a lot of our providers, they do a real-time alert if a member comes in to be seen for services. Um, as well as our text messaging and email campaigns. We do know the phone number that we're utilizing for that. We've seen a huge increase in call volumes, as well as feedback that we're getting from our care coordination staff that they're speaking to the members or the members are contacting them. Um, In addition, just our attendance at our events and just the questions that are being asked, we know that the word is out in the community and people have questions and they want help. So that's really increased for us. Um, And then I will say just in general for us to know who our members are with HFS sharing those supplemental files, it's really helped us to be able to target who we need to so that we know at the beginning of the month, it's a larger group of members. And then mid-month, we can zero in on who still needs to complete it. It's been very helpful to us. Yeah, I would say that is the best practice that HFS has done that I think other states are trying to learn from, which is, and our listeners may not know this, we're getting additional information above and beyond what we normally get with regards to redetermination so that we know mid-month and sort of mid, you know, like very throughout the process, each plan knows, okay, here's where my membership is. These many people have turned in their paperwork. These many people are ex parte. So it's like, they don't have to do anything. And here's who we're focused on. And why that matters is, as you can imagine, as Heather's sort of outlining all the different things they're doing, it's resource intensive. And there are limited resources. There are only 24 hours in the day. We all, you know, this, all of this effort is funded by taxpayer dollars. So like, it's not unlimited. And so in or- 
being able to focus and target your outreach on those who need it, not needing to just send out text messages and phone calls and postcards to people who are ex parte, who don't need to do anything, not adding their confusion, not needing to outreach to people who've already sent their paperwork in and just focusing on that subset of people who need to act allows us as plans to use more resources for those individuals that need it, and it doesn't waste resources. And so it increases our efficiency, effectiveness, and just impact overall. And that is, you know, we're only able to do that because the department realized that we're going to need more information to be efficient and effective, and they gave it to us. So I think that's something to really underscore that HFS has been a real partner on um, that other states, I think, are looking to do. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's been a tremendous help to us for sure. Absolutely. And, and to that end, obviously, we are very, very grateful. Um, but are there some areas that like, as you're just sort of looking through this now, where you're thinking, well, there might be some opportunities or sort of some things you're learning, lessons learned as we've been doing this for a few months, anything that's sort of sticking out to you that you guys are going to go back to the drawing board on or tweak ever so slightly? Yeah, I mean, for sure, we're always looking for areas of opportunity. Um, I think from my perspective, what we're seeing is just from a member standpoint, if the forms could at all be mailed to them a little bit earlier, it would just be helpful to allow them more time for not only the mailing time, but if they need to gather information, such as pay stubs or any other verification documents, and then um, we always want to ask if it was a colored envelope, it'd be really easy for us to communicate, you know, look for this blue envelope. It's really important that you don't discard it. Um, but like overall, I think that the collaboration we've had with HFS and all the MCOs when we meet has really helped us because we can learn from each other as we go through this unwinding period. And I mean, internally, we're looking at our like our mail return rates, because we know if we're mailing a postcard to one of our members and it comes back to us, it likely did go back to HFS as well, their redetermination forms. So I think things like that, we wanna be able to compare with HFS and see if we're matching and what we can do to reach those individuals to get updated demographic information. And then just how people are, to make sure that if, if our membership does wanna use Abe Manage My Case, if that's what HFS is seeing too, it would help us to know how to direct our members or if they do prefer to meet with someone, we wanna make sure we have the resources so that they can do their renewal in their preferred way to um, get it completed by their due date. That makes complete sense, absolutely. And I will just underscore that colored envelope. I know that you know the department did look at that, and but I do think if we could just say, look out for that blue envelope or, you know, whatever color, any color yeah. will do. Um, I do think it would be helpful. And if we kept it, not just for this time period, because again, we're so in the weeds on this, we know we're focused on this for 23 and 24, but it's ongoing. Right. And so if members knew, well, once a year, I'm going to get, you know, that weird funky green envelope or a blue color, you know, whatever color, mm -hmm. like, it would just stand out. Um, a little bit more. I agree. And I do think just what you said is really important is this wall is not going to end at the end of the unwinding period. So just 
reminding you're doing this now. It's great to complete this on time, but keep in mind you're going to need to do this next year or two. Um, it's really important as well. Yes, and especially because some Medicaid members have never done this before. I mean, people came on during the pandemic. Right, for sure. Well, Heather, I just want to thank you not only for joining us today, which I always, I love the chance to chat with you, but really for count yours and county care's commitment to helping members um, and, and ensure that every day that all of us are informed and making sure that your members have coverage. It, it really is a lot of work. It is noticed and it is appreciated. So thank you so much. Oh, sure. No, thank you you again for having me. And to our listeners, to learn more about I'm Hip and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.org. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us and County Care on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.